Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. And I'm on with Jeremy Leonard, and we just had an opener and I was like, we got to save these topics for the podcast because they're so relevant um, for, for this day and age. So talking about scarcity, talking about resources, talking about privilege, talking about homeschooling. What is going on, Jeremy? Man, I'm, I'm just trying like everyone else to figure out where we're going from here, you know, as individuals and just trying to enjoy every day the best that I can, man. I'm thankful to be alive and healthy and my family's all alive and healthy. So I'm very blessed right now, man. Thanks you so much for having me on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's great. It's great to have you, man. So you've got, you've got kind of a reverse story that we can get into a, uh, Riches to rags and then back to riches, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on that. We're working on that uh the step up for sure. But but yeah, man, it's um it's an interesting story that I that I like to talk about in the sense of we all come from different places. We all come from, you know, it's kind of this arbitrary birthright to where you're born into, you don't choose your parents, you don't choose, you know, where you're going to be born into, what type of environment. And everyone gets kind of dealt a different hand. And the reason I like to share this story is because it's really like about overcoming any type of obstacle. And where I would start, Ruben, if I can just jump in here, um, is just talking about like where I was born. You know, I was born in one of the richest, probably the richest county in all of Connecticut, uh, Westing. Mm. I was born in West Connecticut, Fairfield County. And this is this is not just like having a little bit of money. This is like, you know, getting picked up in airports by limousines. You know, all of my childhood friends now are, went to like Ivy League schools, have places in Manhattan and just absurd amount of wealth. And that comes from, you know, my grandfather and um, parents before him working really hard, right? But I was essentially born into wealth. Um, every single thing that I could ever want. And, you know, my father obviously works extremely hard. My mother worked really hard too. So I don't want to discredit that, but I was born into something that most people will never see. And most people can only dream of. Mm. And I, I kind of wanted to lay that foundation because what happens next is just a roller coaster. It was really, I, I'd probably started off with the death of my oldest brother, David, and it was a car wreck, you know, uh, after prom night, things like that. And whenever you lose a loved one, especially you lose a child um, from a parent perspective, it's extremely hard to deal with the grievances, but it really was the first, like, it was the push when like, there's other problems for sure, but it was the push of that boulder that started just in a crazy event of going from this super well-off, well-off family to literally living in a crack house at one point. Um, so I was born really rich. My brother died and it set off this chain of events that no one really saw company. So entire my entire inheritance was stripped away when I was seven years old, eight years old after my brother died. And then so we went from living in this very well-off neighborhood to parents getting divorced to custody battles, living in courtrooms, like going between lawyers and different things like that to at one point. Uh, in relapses of addiction um, of my parents both have uh, addictive based personalities and both of my parents relapsed. My mother relapsed with drugs and my father relapsed with alcohol. And at one point I'm a young kid 
and I'm nine, 10 years old, and I, I'm living in a, a terrible environment with drugs all around me all the time. And it kind of set up the next few years to where it was just like everyone's trying to build their life back together. I'm, I'm very thankful now. My parents are clean and sober. They're not together. Um, but it, it was just this, this realization that I was angry for a long time. It's like, I, I couldn't, I could not have student loan debt. I could, you know, be really well off. I could pretty much have a silver plated life that was just stripped away from me. And it comes back to that level of entitlement to where I realized, well, yeah, okay. You were born into that, but what did you truly deserve from that? Like you're not entitled to anything that happens in your life other than what you create. Sure. Your parents are there to create foundational success and steps, but at the end of the day, you know, you know, just because you were born somewhere doesn't mean that you can't rise above any type of situation. Mm, so, yeah. so, so that happened and uh, I'm, I'm bitter and I'm angry for a long time. It led to and, and unfortunately, it actually happened again. So I lost my second brother, Casey, uh, when I was in uh, in high school. And this was with my my father got remarried. My uh, my mother both got remarried. And actually, both of them ended up splitting up based on all the pain and the turmoil of actually the second death. Um, and there was a lot of different variables there. So I've seen five divorces between my two parents. I've lost two of my brothers. And I moved out on my own. I could say kicked out, but that wouldn't really be fair. I moved out on my own when I was 16 with bitterness and anger and anxiety and frustration because I, I was pretending to be something Ruben for a long time that I was and I was I didn't have money anymore I, I was born into something wealthy a lot of my friends were very wealthy and then I was pretending to be this rich kid from Connecticut that knows so much knows everything has great relationships and connections and all all is well when all actuality I had none of those things I'm wearing hand-me-down clothes and then and I get to this point to where I move out and it probably wasn't really until I met my wife that I was ever vulnerable with anyone. Um, I, I just had all that anger and frustration and anxiety until I met my wife. And she's helped me like realize that as a man, as you're growing up, that no matter what happens to you, there's always a reason to go on. There's always a silver lining. There's always opportunity in disguise. And one of the things that I'm sadly grateful for is that I did have all of those experiences because it's that fuel, that motivation that is driving me on this ladder back up to where, yeah, if I was born with everything, who knows what kind of person I would have ended up. Wouldn't have my wife, wouldn't have my family that I have now. Um, and I wouldn't be living in Nashville and working for myself, right? It's it, I never You never know where you could have been, but it's just a constant reminder for me to let go of what has happened, use it as fuel motivation and learn from it um, and be mm. grateful. Like my brothers and my wives now, my parents, uh, incredible humans who always loved me despite all of everything that happened. Um, there's just such an underlying message to my entire story about just never giving up. And no matter where you are or what has happened to you in the past, that you can go anywhere you want. You can be your future is it's always ongoing. Every day is an opportunity to learn and grow and serve and love. Mm. Man, that's a, that's a real story, man. That, it, that takes guts. It takes guts to share a story like that because you know, there's a certain, there's a certain vulnerability to use your word that re, that is required to share failure and to share failure at that scale, you know, and uh, some of it's failure and some of it's not failure. It's just life, you know, life happening the way that it's supposed to happen, you know, and ultimately driving us to who we are and who we're supposed to become. It's the strife and it's the challenge, the trials and the tribulation that effectively make us strong and perseverant and ambitious and, and and love and you know my takeaway from this story is 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 all about love it's all about self-love you know because 
a lot of people I hear it uh, you know people say I don't have access to that I don't have resources uh, everything is scarce in my environment you know I don't have a rich uncle I don't know venture capitalists I don't have friends that can just be my first customer for my business and I think what happens a lot of the times is that if we don't have a layer of self accountability of mm. self drive of the struggle that we have to go through in order to be successful even if we cheat our way and get a little bit of lucky one time or another time it's ultimately sure. not going to be a sustainable thing you know it's got to be that self-love it's got to be that perseverance it's got to be stuff that we have inside of us that gets us over to the next hump because it, you know yeah, and money so glad you is can be extremely destructive you know it can also be very productive you know so well i'm so grateful your story that you is profound that thanks man i just that part about self-love is really where it all comes from just being authentically who you are and accepting where you are and understanding there's always room to grow like you know that 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 pretendence of who i was like i said it wasn't until my wife that i really even opened up to anyone and it affected my next two jobs like i my first job out of college you know i was pretending to be something i was not i was doing the fake it till you make it methodology right i was pretending to be someone and just faking it throughout all the way and it finally caught up to me and there was a circumstance that was a little out of my control of being fired for sure that first job but in reflection, if I had been honest and open with my bosses and my managers about where I was at that time period, maybe they wouldn't have had to let me go. And it actually happened at the next company too. I, I just got done having employee of the month at my next company. Mm -hmm. And then I got the next thing I know there's change backs at a startup, pivotal moments, things like that. I just got a big raise and was probably part of it too. But I just was faking it. I was still faking it. I wasn't being honest with where I was and who I was and what I had learned and just even with my employers and that pivotal moment, whenever the startup really transitioned, all that kind of came back again. Like that fakeness was part of the reason I was fired at the next opportunity too. Um, so all about self-love and just accepting who you are and understanding that no matter what you've done and who, you know, wherever you are in life, you are enough. You are more than enough. And if you have that self-doubt and you don't believe in yourself first, then you're never going to be able to truly grow. Yeah, well said, man. Well said. So, what what's the what's the new the new path for you now? What uh, what's going on in your life now? What is your what is your mission? How are you helping people? How are you uh, succeeding in your career? So, I was uh, I was like a lot of other people. Uh, unfortunately, I've been in my last company for three years, uh, corporate America, and you know, unfortunately, just like so many others, COVID happened, and myself and a lot of my team members unfortunately had to get let go. A lot of restructuring. Um, so that was pretty unfortunate, but it really opened my eyes. It's like, okay, there's this reoccurring theme where I'm putting power in other people's hands and I'm working for something else. And I had, I'd, I'd always been fascinated with this one concept with social media and just being a human in general, you know, like, well, I'm going to take dub, uh, dub for an example. So like right now there's someone out there that can completely use your service and services, right? There's a reason you started your company. Um, whether you reason you start any company or a podcast or whatever it is, you're, you're trying to solve a solution. And what I found a lot of the times is, especially in 2020, where you would think it would be easier because it's the information age, when in actuality, there's so much information, people are really confused, like on how to find the right answer. Because just because there's an answer out there doesn't mean it's necessarily the right answer based off your particular problem. So I got really, really passionate about, about 
being mm-hmm. the connector between the two. Like I have so many people with solutions in my life that can solve problems. And I know a lot of people that have problems to where I started just piecing them together, making introductions and connecting them. And that really led to what I'm doing now, which is one, I, I run a podcast, which, um, yeah, which thank you for listening to that. But I, uh, you know, I run a podcast to where I interview some of the greatest minds in the world that have true ex- expertise in this that I've made relationships over the last three years on LinkedIn. Um, so I interview them. I'm learning through my podcast, right? So I brought value. I'm bringing value to these leaders by giving them a platform to talk about themselves. All the while, I'm learning and helping out my network for people that never might have never heard of these people before. So I'm being that bridge connector between the two. And then and the what's second, the name of your podcast? Uh, your new network. Yeah. So it's pretty right. self-explanatory overall networking and um, just introducing people to to incredible humans all around the world. Man, um, absolutely love it. Like I like I had Mark Metry on the other day. That you you're on LinkedIn. You know that is that kid is a is a monster powerhouse on the platform. And I learned so much from an individual that is six years younger than me. I interviewed Jordan Paris yesterday, and he's 22 years old and and the kid is just a huge wealth of knowledge and I learned so much. So why not interview him, learn a lot from him and then also spread that awareness about him and his teachings to, to my following. Mm. Yeah. Um, that, and then the other thing I do, man, is I, uh, I'm a LinkedIn organic growth strategist. So there's this reoccurring thing with people who want to be content creators who want to sell a product or establish a brand to where they could have the best, most compelling content in the entire world but they don't know how to get visibility on the actual post to engage yeah. with their audience. And what I found from learning from all these great minds on LinkedIn uh, as being content creator on the platform for three years, I learned appropriate, the appropriate measures on how to build an audience, not just for vanity metric sakes, not just to get likes, but to transition your content to impactfulness and then yeah. have that turn into true engagement as opposed to just buying a, Instagram following with a hundred thousand followers that are not going to translate to your product. Right. Exactly. And what would you say for me, LinkedIn is, is one of the most exciting social networks because they're so dependent on creators and content. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, that there's ads on LinkedIn, but they are just getting started. Mm -hmm. It's awesome, (laughs) man. You know, and, and I, uh, and I think that, you know, YouTube, and LinkedIn are the are the two forces. Everything else, I'm like, it's cool, and I'm and I'm game, and I'm down. I'm I'm all for it. Sure. You know, I, I'm a fan of Instagram Reels too. I'm I'm really excited to see what they're going to do. I just um, talked about that 30 minutes ago. I I've seen it. I haven't really dove into it yet, but I mean that type of power play trying to take over TikTok is super fascinating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm interested in that too. But yeah, we actually we actually did a whole video on Instagram Reels. Uh, Shannon from our team actually did that, who runs our, our YouTube show, The Daily Dub. And uh, he explored the whole topic because he's an early adopter. He's followed Vine and Lasso mm-hmm. and Boomerang and all the players in the live space, the real-time editing. It's actually that whole idea of real-time editing mm-hmm. has totally inspired Dub as a platform. It's just for business. Like the Dub mobile app is is that, but just diluted for business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we're we're all like, about that. That's that's the future. Yeah, it, no, absolutely is. Yeah, and, and one thing like the different uh, differentiator is like one of the like with TikTok, you can't go back and edit individual parts of the TikTok video, but you can like with Instagram uh, Reels, you can like okay, so like this clip and this clip, and this clip all turn into one long 
running form, right? I guess with Instagram reels, you can actually edit each one individually, which is awesome. But uh, speaking about dub and Instagram, man, after I signed up on your guys' website or like I searched it for the first time, whenever we first got connected, I saw your profile, looked at it. Y'all do a great job with your advertising though. Instagram's a big pay to play market. I typed it in and I'm telling you what, like I immediately got an advertisement. It's like, damn it. Okay. Then I went ahead and signed up. I was like, so you guys are great with your marketing efforts. Truly. (laughs) You know, the, the the big thing that we always try to do is we try to add the human element to everything that we do. So yeah. the people that you see, this is like a it's, a, it's a very conscious effort that we do, but the people that you see in the advertisements are exactly the same people that you're going to be connected to when you're in the Dub ecosystem. So it's if you see Darius in an advertisement or if you see me on the website, you're probably going to see me in real life at some point. And I, I feel like we didn't invent this. Obviously, this is kind of a, a thing that's been around, but you know, this idea of every person at a company being a, a, an influencer, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that's the future. And I think that there's too many companies that hide behind, you know, corporate logos and, you know, spokespeople, paid folks, you know, corner office people, when the people that are actually on the front lines that are doing the work, um, you know, those are the people that ultimately others, customers, prospects are going to connect with. So, it's this conscious effort that we try to do. So at some point you have to speak to Darius because I'm sure you saw him in one of yeah. the advertisements. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah. And, and I think that's a really cool thing that you guys are doing because it goes back to that older mentality of, well, I mean, everyone used to hide behind people because they, they were almost worried if they empowered their people too much from a social media following perspective, especially a marketing one, that they would leave, right? So you mm. help build them up, but you should always be building up your team and like incentivizing them to give back to you, right? I mean, the more that the better that you make them, the better that they should in theory, and you're going to lose people for sure. That's part of the risk. But you should always be empowering your employees and incentivizing them and identifying that personal brand. But back but back to LinkedIn. Um, I'm sorry, I just kind of took over there for a second. But yeah, it's back to LinkedIn, like the organic reach, they're just getting started. I have yeah. been screaming from the rooftops for the past three years, like get on LinkedIn, create content. I'm a 25 year old that doesn't know much about the world. And I just got a post that had 150,000 views. Right. And everyone's like, LinkedIn is a place for jobs, man. Like I'm not yeah. looking for a job. Like what am I on there for? But it's, it's really like, they're just getting started and it's a natural life cycle of social media. Just like you're seeing with Instagram and Facebook right now, organic reach is completely shot to the bottom level. It's only, it's not going to get any better because they've already won. They already have the huge mass following, right? Right. Um, and so then it becomes a pay-to-play option, right? So that organic reach is way down. So you get to some more you got to pay just to get visibility and awareness. Whereas places like at TikTok those or, cost per clicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's why, hey, advertising on LinkedIn is not cheap, but... You can do it 100% for free. I have had well over a couple million post views and I've spent $0 on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the, it's the, the commitment, man. It's the commitment that you have, you know, that, that that's how I know about you. It's that commitment that you made, you know, and I think that, you know, going back to our earlier part of the conversation, it's vulnerability. It's, it's being willing to, to have people watch you in your journey, in your learning cycle as a student, as a teacher, as a, purveyor as a watcher as a viewer as a business person and to make mistakes and to you know evolve uh it's a process and it's i'll tell you this for me it's it's therapeutic because when i used to live in when i used to live in a closed environment where i'm selling i'm pitching investors i'm trying to you know figure out what technology to build everything was a very closed environment and there was no residual benefit 
from the failures, from the conversations that I had, you know, from the things that I would try that would fall flat, you know, the, the new model of like content creation and every opportunity that you have, it's, it's such a no brainer because even if I've wasted an entire year of my life having recorded conversations, I get to walk away with the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you get to walk away with the podcast. And you can always instead of, instead of you know a year of closed calls that mm. maybe I learned from, no one else did. Mm. My my brand, my following wasn't affected. So I'm a believer, man. Yeah, it's uh, I'm all in on I'm all in on LinkedIn. I'm trying to get better on YouTube. That's my next journey is YouTube. Um, I, I talked yeah. to an individual that taught me all the back end SEO tricks. That's really how to optimize. And fun thing about uh, YouTube right now, I'm trying to tell everyone as much as possible. Which uh, just that's because how I am. There's a huge need right now on YouTube. About there's a huge amount of individuals that are searching for LinkedIn help on mm -hmm. YouTube. Yeah. And the amount of content that's being created around LinkedIn tips and LinkedIn advice is so low. There's a huge yeah. opportunity there for anyone that's trying to, and that's I'm launching on YouTube here very soon with my tips and master course and things like that. So highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And, and you know, the amazing thing about this is that it's because it's embryonic and because it's evolving, no one's an expert. We're all learning. The algorithm changes every single day. I'll notice changes every single day. Sometimes the videos will pop up. Sometimes it's the images. Sometimes it's text only. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can put links in your captions. Sometimes you can't, mm -hmm. you know, it changes. <laughs> you know, sometimes all, what time is the best yeah, time? And it's exciting to like all those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would you say you're, uh, you know, speaking of LinkedIn expertise as a student, I want to learn. What what would you say your three best tips for a LinkedIn content creator are? For someone who's already creating content that might not be getting visibility, my first tip, and this is a huge piece of advice that I got really early on, is like just stop overthinking it. Just really just mm. stop overthinking. Don't worry about the optimized times. Like, don't like, okay, like if my following is most viewerships at 430 and post every day at 430, like, no, that's not what it's about. Like, make sure that you're just posting when you feel inspired to right? That's like a huge takeaway that I learned is like, stop overthinking all the little things and really just post whenever you're inspired to. Um, second one that I would really dive into, which is really probably the most difficult one for people to understand is you have to give way more than you take. And for this example, if you're a content creator that posts, let's say on average three times per week, how many posts are you actually commenting and liking on a week? So like whenever someone like signs up for one of my courses, like the first thing I tell them is, okay, go spend 20 to 30 minutes every single day before you actually post and engage with your network. Bring value to everyone else first as much as possible. And you're not asking them for like, you're not doing this saying, hey, great post. I just saw, uh, I just posted something about XYZ amount of tips. Come check it out. Like, no, that's not what it's about. Leave like valuable engaging type comments, right? Leave your two cents. The $1.80 strategy that originally came out from Gary Vaynerchuk is still tried and true and it works on LinkedIn. Go leave your two cents on 90 poster day. It's a lot. I say around 20 to 30 um, per day. And what you'll see over time is that you're building real authentic relationships by having conversations. The big, that's, that's by far my biggest takeaway before you even post, spend some time engaging with your network, becoming part of the conversation, replying to their messages back to you, bring as much value to people on your platform as you can. And what you'll find is that LinkedIn will love you for it. 
Um, now, okay, so the question that I, I agree with you, I think everything you said was spot on. My question is, how much time should we spend on LinkedIn? I mean, we got our stuff going on. This this is a commitment, right? And oh, yeah. you know, I don't I don't want to come at this from a selfish perspective, saying, oh, well, I only want to get stuff, and I don't want to provide any value, you know. But but what's the balance that we can find? I mean, I would say spend as much time as you can. It's going to come down to like where you're putting your content out. Um, so the old rule of like 80% of time on your major platform of influence versus 20% of time on the rest of the social media ones is definitely something that I would I would recommend. So if you're on every single social media platform, but your favorite one is LinkedIn, spend 80% of your time that you have allocated towards social media on LinkedIn, and then 20% testing or mildly engaging on the other platforms. So that's that would be my first thing to say, but it really comes down to I mean, how fast do you want to grow? What type of like, what type of commitment are you willing to make? I do. I probably spend an hour before every single post that I put out actually engaging with my network first, because I want to make sure that the relationships I've built over the years are sustained. I, and on top of that, I don't just do it because I know that they're going to like and comment back. I do it because I've built real relationships and I want to support Steve Wallenhouse. I want to support Rachel Beck, Mark Matcher, Jordan Paris, all these people that I have relationships with now. Like I want to make sure that, yeah, their content gets faster. Like, okay, so basic, basic social media tip, right? There's a time decay on every single post. Every single social media platform is a little bit different, but on LinkedIn, it really determines how much engagement is going to be done in the first hour. Mm -hmm. And then how who's actually engaging in it, how many followers they have, right? I mean, if Bridget comments on a post like naturally it's going to get a thousand likes because she has two million active like or three million active followers but there's a weird equation there so you want to get incentivized as many people to comment and like on your post as fast as possible but that's why i comment on my other people's stuff too it's like they post something they're passionate about and i enjoy it i want to let them know that i enjoyed it but then i also know the algorithm is going to like it more so i just want to support my people is that kind of is that kind of answer your question like how much time it does it does man that's i think that's a really really healthy balance you know of doing it the organic way because i think there's too many people right now that are doing it the inorganic way mm -hmm. which is you know there's there's the bot game i hear about that there's the uh you know all sorts of things that people are doing and you know i i tend to say you know it, it should be an organic process and it's so much more meaningful to have ten thousand connections followers than a vanity metric like 10 times that or 100 times that where you don't get the engagement you don't get the the truth you know Mm -hmm. and, well, there's, uh, there's real people on the other end of this most of the time yeah. like, if you notice that someone's commenting the exact same thing 20 times a day on all these different posts it, it you can fake instagram you can even fake tiktok and you can fake a facebook group it's really hard to fake it here on linkedin there's too <laughs> many smart people man you got to be real about this one and it's the so only time that i suggest like i don't i never suggest a bot by any means um, but LinkedIn messaging system is something that needs to be worked on for sure. Um, it's really hard, but if you ever like have an assistant or someone that kind of helps manage your messages, that's the only time I recommend bringing anyone in. And even then I, I really don't, but yeah, if, if you're looking to hire a bot that automatically sends out 50 connection requests a day that aren't personalized, I mean, sure. You're going to get connections, but how is that going to help your impact? That's, you just, that's just a number. Anyone can, anyone can get to 30,000 connections on LinkedIn, but what kind of impact are you bringing to the world? Yeah, impact, man. Let's let's get into that a little bit. I think about that a lot. You know, I think about how now I think helping other people has become such an important part of business, mm -hmm. and that there's no such things as being a 
hardcore closer anymore. Being someone that just moves people down a pipeline that there's just no room for that. Now it's about providing value. It's about yeah. being a consultant, being a helpful hand, you know, being someone that's a good listener, being empathetic and compassionate and guiding someone, you know, and uh, you know, my question for you is what has that process been like for you in, in terms of guiding people on mm -hmm. this extremely important idea of self branding? Yeah, it, it started whenever I was a recruiter. So I spent the last three years as a technical recruiter and that's where I really started to get on LinkedIn. And what I was learning is that as a recruiter, it's, it's not a transactional relationship. A great recruiter, what I learned from some of the best is, is that you are having to build real authentic relationships and bring this person value. This is a job seeker. This is someone that might not be able to pay rent next month. And a lot of us have been there to where we're job seeking and it's really difficult, which posts are actually real. And, and that's where it all started was like, okay, well, yeah, I could make 50 to 75 cold calls a day and I could just find the best talent or I could have real, bring real value in training and mentorship and, and guidance along their job seeking um, journey. And then even if they're not the right fit for my position now, I know that I help that person. And then, yeah. and it's not about just, yeah, if I help that person in theory, like what if they tell three people that I help them and that's a reoccurring like inbound marketing strategy, right? But it, it's just about just being a good human and the more love and gratitude and like impact that you bring to the world, the more it's going to, it's going to come back to you. If you do good things, the good things are going to happen to you, but you don't do good things just to expect good things to happen to you. Yeah. And especially from a personal branding perspective, it has to come from gratitude. Like whenever you start to get more engagement and followers and you start to be like, if I post something, I know I'm going to get over a hundred likes. I just know it because that's, I mean, I've, I've been posting for three years, but the more as it grows, if, if it doesn't come from a, a, a place of gratitude, then it just isn't going to be whole. It just, people are going to be able to snuff it out. You have to just, you have to educate, you have to inspire, whatever it is, but you have to, it has to come from a place of gratefulness. Every new connection that you make, every new follower, every download of your podcast, every interview, every new client that you have, this is not just a transaction. These are real people and you have to be grateful that they are entrusting in you. Perfectly stated, man. And I'm grateful for you for this time. Um, where can we learn more about you? Uh, we know about your podcast. Yeah. Um, what's what's LinkedIn, right? It's LinkedIn, man. You can find all my social medias at Jeremy J. Leo. Um, okay. Got a new website coming out very soon and a YouTube series coming out. But at the end of the day, man, uh, I, I say 80, 20%, but I really spend 95% on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me there. Uh, hashtag Jeremy J. Leo for all my content at Jeremy J. Leo for all my handles. Nice, man. Well, thank you so much, Jeremy. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, likewise. See you on LinkedIn. See ya. Later.